John 3.16 is a passage that's so familiar. Uh, it's almost so familiar that I risk you checking out on a brother early. Uh, almost like I didn't heard this before. But stay with a brother. I want to pray that the Lord would give us fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear and experience this sacred, ancient text again as if it was the very first time. I think there's an important message that the Lord wants to get through to us today. Um, and, and when I look at John 3, 16, I, I, I'm just convinced it's one of the greatest stories that has ever been told. As we enter Holy Week, as we enter Palm Sunday, as we enter Easter, remembering the story. First passage, my mama made me commit to memory. Uh, we had the King James Version back then, who I affectionately call King Jimmy. Um, and it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal, everlasting life. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this great church. Thank you for the privilege um, to sit under the power and the authority of your word now, Father, I pray that in these next few moments that you would speak, O oh Lord, like only you can. Your children have gathered together to listen. So, Father, it's to that end that I ask that you stand in my body, think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords those things you would have us say, know, and do. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, you are my strength. You are my redeemer. Get glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 2004 in Athens, Greece, a young Mark uh, Emmons uh, was on the verge of securing yet his second gold medal in rifling. Um, he was so far ahead, all he had to do was shoot the rifle and, and he, he was so far ahead of his, his competitors, uh, all he had to do was just get on target. He, he didn't even have to hit the bullseye, which he had done many times before. All he had to do was get on the target, anywhere on the bullseye, anywhere on the, on, the, on the circle, and he would have won and secured his second gold medal. You can hear the tension as he goes, pulls up, shoots, dead center bullseye. Everyone screamed, everyone excited. Uh, Mark had secured his second gold medal, but as he looked up at the scores, the score had not populated. And he waited and he waited, and the score had not populated. The judge, judges were over there deliberating, and then they put his score up, and to everyone's amazement, he, his score was zero. The audience gasped. They were shocked and in awe. He was furious trying to figure out how in the world could I hit a bullseye and not get any points. Well, he would come to discover he was standing in lane two, but he shot the bullseye in lane three. He had perfect aim, but he hit the wrong target. He had perfect aim, but he hit 
the wrong target. Church, I want to give you a warning as we, as, we, as we dive into our text for today. When it comes to fulfilling the commitment, when it comes to us being who God has called us to be, when it comes to us being the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ, listen, let me tell you something. You can get it all right and still get it all wrong. You can have great aim, but hit the wrong target. The target is not about just you and yours. As, as Pastor Dave, they've been leading us in this blessed series. Everybody shout bless. This blessed series, this idea of believing in the power of prayer, of listening, eating together. And then the last two S, uh, the, the two S, two S's, is it, it just feels weird to say S's. But the last two S's um, is serve and share, serve and share. And I need you to understand that our call to Christianity culminates, crescendos in our service and our sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ. I said what it means for us to be Christians and the body of Christ, it crescendos, it culminates in our ability to serve our neighbor and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And Matthew 25 is a staggering scene where he says when he's judging all people, you're going to be standing up, you're going to be in the line, and he's going to say, what did you do concerning your neighbor with service? Did you, did you feed the hungry? Did you clothe the naked? No, 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 no. I didn't get a chance to do any of that, but I watch service every week. No, 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 I didn't get a chance to do that, but I did a daily devotional every morning. No, I didn't get a chance to do that, but I didn't miss one Easter service. Friends, you can get all that right and get it all wrong because you hit the wrong target. This message is so crucial, it's so important, because if we don't capture the essence of this message, we run the risk of being like Mark he didn't even place at the 2004 Olympics. Didn't even play. A gold medalist perfected his aim, didn't even place because he hit the wrong target. I think one of the worst moments possible is to stand before God one day and to hear, out of all this work you did, you hit the wrong target. It's like, yeah, it's just, it, was, it was never about that stuff. Church attendance is good, and, 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 and reading your Bible, obviously, that's amazing, and that's great, and that's how we form. But if that's where your salvation stopped, it, if that's where you found contentment, he says, he says in the Gospels, when he's talking to his disciples, they will know you are my disciples by our, your doctrine, your right thinking. The amount of church attendance you got? The amount of Bible studies you, you log on? Is that what it says? No. It says, I will know you are my disciples by your love. It is through your love. Not even the love of yourself, but the love of your neighbor. And it is out of that love, that service, that you then share. 
that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if you would believe in him, you don't have to live outside of his promise. You don't have to live outside of his purpose. You get to live for his glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's the good news. And I have been saved and sent to share that good news. That's why I'm here. I'm here to serve and I'm here to share. No, I'm here to be seen. I'm here, no, I'm here to serve and I'm here to share. Friends, that's what it means to live the blessed life. The blessed life. Our life should be about sharing this good news and serving our neighbor. There are three things that I want to just share with you before we, before we wrap up today about this good news. This good news. First, first things first, you got to receive it. You got to receive this good news. You can't give nobody something you ain't got. You can't give nobody something you ain't got. You ask me for a million dollars, I can't give it to you because I ain't got it. Now that I think about that example, if I had it, I probably still wouldn't give it to you. But still, <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't want to make any assumptions today, Willow. I, I'm convinced that God brought some of you to this service and you're watching online and you're in this room, and I believe God divinely sent some of you here for the next three minutes in what I'm about to say. Some of you, you've, you haven't received it. And there's no points in us talking about how you need to give it away and how you need to share it if you never said yes. Being around it isn't saying yes to it. Attending and listening to it doesn't mean you said yes to it. Singing the songs and reading about it doesn't mean you said yes to it. Some of you, you haven't received the good news of Jesus Christ. And that is because he hung, bled, and died, you get to live in freedom. You get to live a renewed life. You get to walk in a renewed mind. And you get to experience a hope that is beyond anything that this world could ever offer you. Jesus Christ has come to save and set you free so that you might walk in the creator's will and purpose for your life. And friends, last time I checked, every time I check, even when I'm going to check, it is always, always, always good news. It is good news. I remember when I received it. I remember the day like it was yesterday, January 23rd, 1994. On Sundays, my mother would just have an open house. She'd cook and friends would just come over and people would just come by. And, you know, it was just a miracle because we always had enough food. Always, I, I mean, obviously, you can tell we always had enough food. We still got enough food. The Lord is good. Amen. Um, i never forget two of my best friends, also two of my cousins, um, they, um, they, their best friends and cousins, they went to another church, committed their lives to Jesus Christ that day. And they came to our house, and we're all best friends, and they announced the news in our house. And my mom gets up in tears, oh, praise the Lord, and she's hugging them, and they're hugging them. And then there's this moment when my two friends are standing there, my mom's standing right there, and I'm standing right here, and they look at me, and they say, two down and one to go. In that moment, honestly, friends, I felt the spirit of the living God begin to, begin to speak to me. He said, Albert, it's time. You've been around it. You know enough about it. It's time to say yes to it. 
We had church service that night. I was sitting on the back row. I'll never forget it, y'all. I was sitting on the back row. And in our tradition, in our culture, the pastor would give an altar call. And at the end of the service, he would ask, who wants to accept Jesus as their personal Savior? All while he was preaching, I knew that my time living on my own was up. I knew that as soon as he got done with that sermon, it was my time to walk down that aisle. He says, does anybody want to come? I stood up. But I stood up, but I I had made a deal with God. I said, hey, this ain't about to be some big old emotional experience or nothing like that. I'm going to go up here, get saved real quick, go to Derrick Queen, get a blizzard, head to the house. That's the plan. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be no big, oh, no, 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 no. Saved blizzard crib. That's the plan, right? That's the plan. So I'm walking, and as I'm walking up, the further I go up, the more people can see me. And as people see me, they start clapping. So the closer I get to the front, the louder the applause. So it was like a movie score. So I'm hearing the applause go up, and then my emotions just started coming. I said, oh, no, uh, I already told you. Saved Blizzard Crib. No, we ain't doing none of that. So I'm trying to push my emotions down as the crowd are just, they're celebrating me coming up. And I get to the last pew. The pastor's standing right there. And to this day, I'm telling you, something happened to me. I I can't explain it. But I took that last step past that pew, and it was as if 500 pounds lifted off of me. And I fell in the pastor's arms, and I just cried and wept like a baby. I received the gift. I received the good news. And it changed me forever. Changed me forever. I've reflected on that day many times over my years. And I think the thing that impresses me the most is God simply just used the presence of my friends to convict me to surrender. Just simply the presence. They didn't take me in a room and take the Bible and beat me over the head with it and say, boy, you got 24 hours to say yes to Jesus, so we're going to take you out. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, that's how you do evangelism. That's why they don't like to come to your house for Thanksgiving. Um, They didn't do any of that. To be honest, they just showed up in their presence. And the reality of their transformation brought about conviction in my life. Can I just tell you, some of you, you just need to show up. Just your presence. Your presence and the reality of who God is and what he's done in your life will bring about conviction that, that, that the Holy Spirit will use that to bring about conviction in ways that you can't even imagine. But in order for you to do it, you got to receive it. In a few moments before I end this message, I'm going to give some of you an opportunity to receive it. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will start speaking to you right now like he started speaking to me on January 23rd, 1994.
You got to receive it. The second thing is you, you, you got to share this good news. You got to share this good news. But I want to caution us. We need to share it in a way that's marked by the power and the love and the grace of the Holy Spirit. A part of this blessed rhythm, this rhythm that, that Pastor Dave is calling us to is this, this idea of believing in the power of prayer, of listening, sharing meals together, and serving one another. But I caution us, as we seek to serve one another with the, with, with the hope to, to be sought in light of Jesus Christ, I, I, I guess there's a, there's a spiritual principle that we all need to hold on to, and it is this. You have the right to remain silent. Sometimes I realize when it comes to people and sharing my faith and serving them, I just talk way too much and I don't listen nearly enough. Come on, anybody married to somebody like that? Don't raise your hand. I don't want you to get in trouble. I just talk too much. And I, I'm so quick to serve them according to what I think they need. And I'm so quick to tell them about God's faithfulness from my life. And sometimes some of the greatest moments that the Lord will use is when you just listen to people. Listen to their heart. Listen to their need. Sometimes we're just so quick to serve and we just serve people what we want them to have. There's a guy who's going by Subway and he passed by a man who was experiencing homelessness and he goes in and thinking he's doing a pretty good job. And he says, I'm going to get two Subways. I'll get one for this, this guy out on the street. So he gets his Subway and then he gets the guy's Subway and he goes back and he gives it to him and you know, makes it all spiritual. God bless you, brother. And then, you know, he leaves And then he comes back and he sees the guy has thrown away the Subway sandwich. He sees the Subway sandwich in the garbage. This guy was appalled. He says, how dare you? I have this gesture of generosity where I'm trying to give to you and you throw my gift of generosity in the trash? How dare you? What do you, you'd rather have a a bottle of alcohol or some drugs? This is the problem with you. He's just so self-righteous. The man looks at him and says, sir, while I am grateful for the sandwich and you giving it to me, I really am. But while you sought to give me a meal, you did not ask what I could digest. All that is in that sandwich are things that I cannot eat and I cannot digest. You sought to serve me but it turns out you actually was serving yourself. Friends, in our service, we need to serve people and not serve ourselves. We get on this thing where we just feel so good about ourselves that we're doing something for other people and you haven't listened. People are not projects. They're people. And we don't serve them transactionally We serve them relationally. And the way we enter that space is a time of listening so that we might hear and discern what their actual needs are. What can they in fact digest? What do they actually need? And then to love them from the space of what they need, not to love them from the space of what I got extra of. Does that make sense? So a a big part of serving is listening. Lord, how might you have me serve my dear brother or sister? Sometimes we're so ready to run in with the gospel 
But sometimes they won't, they won't care about what you want them to care about until they know that you care about them. They don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. So we go in saying, before I want you to know anything about my God, I want you to know everything about my love for you. Because to know that my love that I have for you is the introduction to knowing the God that I want to introduce you to. That was good. Let me say that again. That was good. Did y'all get that? That was good. I hope the Twitter person, with Twitter person will tweet that. Um, to know that, ah, oh, shoot, I forgot it. But um, y'all can get it on the tape. But, 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 but to know the love that I have for you is the beginning of you knowing the God that I want to introduce you to. So as we seek to bless, we want to serve, but we want to serve from a place of listening. And as I listen to you, oh, I discover, oh, I've got, oh, I've got the right God for you. Oh, I've got the, oh, Jesus is the one for you. Because as I listen to you, I hear that there's wounds from broken relationships. And let me tell you, Jesus can redeem and restore broken relationships. As I hear you, I hear that there's been abuse in your relationship, and I'm telling you, Jesus is a redeemer. He's a restorer of places and people that have been abused. As I hear your story, I can hear that you don't trust a lot of people because you had a dad that you couldn't trust. Can I tell you, Jesus is a father, and he's a good, good father. As I listen to you, I get to introduce to you a God who can meet you in every broken place that you find yourself in. So we got to resist the temptation to make it transactional and make it relational. I remember my friend, he's a pastor, and he started having lunch with this guy who was not a believer, but he's a wealthy guy, liked his church, um, but not a believer. So my friend just started having, he's a pastor. My pastor friend just started having coffee with him, coffee with him. And I would say, Hey, man, did you lead him to Christ today? He was like, no, we just had coffee. Just had coffee. I was like, oh, okay. And then he had lunch with him again. Hey, man, did you lead him to Christ today? Yeah, no, we just had coffee. And, and he was saying, he said, yeah, Albert, I'm, he's not a project for me. I just want to love the guy. I just want to get to know him. Find out he has an aggressive form of cancer. And four months before he passed away, with tears in his eyes, my pastor friend called me and said, today was the day. Today was the day I got a chance to lead our brother to Jesus Christ. And he said, yes, today was the day. <sighs> a few weeks later, he breathed his last breath. And oh, what a eulogy. But my pastor friend could stand and say, he rests in the arms of Jesus. He rests in the arms of Jesus. I guess, church, what, I, what I'm trying to encourage you to see is, number one, you've got to receive this good news. It's got to become your personal story. And out of that, it's got to be, then become your personal mission. You've got to live it out. You, you got to live it out with how you serve and love and care for one another. And out of that service and care, you get to tell why you have hope that's beyond hope. Why you have a love that's beyond love. Why you have a peace that's beyond peace. And that peace comes from Jesus Christ. You get to share the good news of Jesus Christ as you serve and love our brothers and sisters. 
I want you to receive it. I want you to share it. And third and finally, I want you to be it. We get to be the good news in the earth. We get to be the good news in the earth. Passage after passage, we see Jesus, and Jesus is just being the good news. But there's a key element to being able to be good news in the earth, and that is you have to have what I like to call an interruptible life. You've got to have an interruptible life. Look at the miracles of Jesus. Look at Jesus as he walks through the Gospels. Look at him as he goes from town to town. None of those miracles were scheduled. None of them were planned. None of them said, oh, okay, today around 2, we're going to stop a funeral. Around 4.30, there's going to be a woman that's going to grab me and touch my hymn. We're going to have some time with her. Around 6.55, a leader's going to come, and I'm going to go raise his dead daughter from the grave. No, 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 no. None of that happened. It was all interruptions. One interruption after another interruption after another interruption. Jesus literally walked and lived in an an interruptible life. And my concern and my challenge is, are we living lives that aren't interruptible? Are we living lives that are so consumed with our agenda, so, so consumed with what we wanted to do? If the Lord wanted to interrupt your life to insert a divine appointment so that you might be hope, salt, and light to somebody, would your calendar be so full that you wouldn't even see it? Would you just run right past it and not even see it? We live such busy, full lives. And I'm telling you, in order for us to be the good news in the earth, we've got to slow down and be interruptible. Maybe there's a coworker that needs you to hear you say, how are you really doing? Maybe one of your kids are going through something so hard, but because you're just running to breakfast, running to the bedroom, running to the get the keys, get in the car, you didn't even see their disposition. You didn't even give the Holy Spirit time to say, check on Jenny. Check, check on Jenny. I don't think God's quiet. I think he's really loud. I just think we're just really fast. We're just really going, and we really got so much stuff going on, and we've got to have interruptible lives so that we can be the salt and light. Most of your biggest breakthroughs will come from stuff you didn't plan. Let me say that again. Most of your biggest breakthroughs, the biggest testimonies, the things that you would thank God the most for are things that you did not plan. You didn't plan it. You got that new job. Guess what? You liked the last job. You was upset when you got fired. And God opened up the door for a new job. You didn't plan that. Come on, and let's be honest. You weren't even qualified for the job. You were shocked when they said yes, just as much as everybody else was. It is because of the goodness and the grace of God, and he interrupted you. He interrupted your plan. Some of you, you were supposed to marry somebody else, but God interrupted you. You ought to look at your spouse and say, thank you, Jesus. I could have went the other way. I'm so glad God interrupted me and gave me you, boo. I'm so thankful. Come on in here, somebody. It, it's in the interruptions where we get to be the good news of Jesus Christ, often in the most unexpected ways. My best friend Ricky would always run out of gas. He would always run out of gas. He got a new 1995 Camaro. This is back in 1995, the red Camaro. This is when they had the new make, the new model, and he would always run out of gas. As a matter of fact, people stopped helping him because he would run out of gas so much. It's like, we ain't even going to help him. He'd just get his little bucket down. There go Ricky walking up the street with his gas can, going to get gas. Like, we're not even helping him no more because he just has a problem. You know what I mean? One day we're at a singles conference, and I walk out, and I see Ricky 
wrestling with a friend of ours, and they're actually fighting. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? So I go in to break them. I was like, what are y'all doing? And I see Ricky pointing to something on the ground trying to get my attention. And he points to, and I see, there's an empty pill bottle. I put two and two together. Our friend had just taken those pills. He was in the middle of a suicide attempt. Ricky was trying to force him in the backseat of his Camaro. So I joined forces with Ricky. We overtake him. We throw him in the backseat. We jump in the car and we spin off, head into Rankin County Medical Hospital. We pull up. We pull our friend out. Our friend is furious. His eyes are bloodshot red and he's angry that we are doing this. We, we yank him out of the car. We start running into the emergency room there as they're putting him in the wheelchair and they're, they're just battering us with questions after questions after questions. And we just say, and they ask us, what did he, what did he take? And, and we told him what we thought we, he took. And the, the nurse said, oh, he can't die from that. We was like, oh, great. So he jumps up out the chair like, oh, great. I can't even get this right. And he's just frustrated. He goes outside, and he's sitting out there. And y'all, it's just awkward. It's just awkward. I, we just don't know what to do. Our friend is distraught. We're trying to figure out. We just So after about 10 minutes of just walking around, we're trying to ask him questions. He's not saying anything. We load up in Ricky's car. We're just going to head back to the place. We get in the car. Ricky cranks it up. And he runs out of gas. Man, what's wrong with you? You have a problem. Put gas in your car. Is it that hard? So now in this moment that's already marked with crisis and awkwardness and all of that, now we got to get out the car. We got to call his brother to come bring a gas can. So we're just sitting out there, y'all. It's just terrible. It's just terrible. The nurses and doctors see us still sitting out in the parking lot. So they come out and they say, hey, they go to my friend and say, hey, can we, we've just been watching you guys out here. Can we just talk to you? So they take him inside. We're waiting on Ricky's brother to come. Then all of a sudden, there's this, there's this commotion. Of course, we hear alarm going off and there's commotion and we walk inside the building and people are running around and moving all fast. And it's like, what's, what's going on? And we grab the nurse that was just outside. What did she say? I said, what's, what's going on? She said, it's your friend. It turns out what you guys said he took is not what he took. He took something else. And what he actually did, in fact, take is shutting down his liver. If we don't get inside of him and pump his stomach and do, and do our work, we could lose him. By God's grace, they caught it in time. And he survived. He's alive. But if we wouldn't have been interrupted that day, if we wouldn't have been interrupted in the back way to, to see him and to see that he was distraught, and I hate to admit it, but if Ricky wouldn't have run out of gas, we could have lost our friend that day. I guess what I'm trying, oh, by the way, he's now following Jesus, walking with Jesus, and he's a pastor in Mississippi, giving his life to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why did that happen? Because we weren't so busy that day doing ministry that we walked past someone that was in need of ministry. 
I'll say that again. We weren't so busy that day doing ministry that we walked past somebody that was in need of ministry. Because we were interruptible, we were able to interrupt Satan's plans for our brother's life. Satan had a plan for him, but because we were willing to be interrupted, we were able to interrupt Satan's plan. I'm telling you, the blessed life is to walk out on Monday and say, my job today is to interrupt Satan's plan over my neighbor's life. Interrupt Satan's plan over other people's lives. We can go and be an interruption. Uh, I need y'all to get happier than that. I said we can go and be an interruption. Don't you know that Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy? And do you not realize that he's got plans for your neighbor, plans for your children, plans for your marriage? When we walk in this blessed life, Not only are we interrupted by the spirit of the living God, but then God uses us to interrupt Satan's plans. That day we interrupted Satan's plans and it saved his life. Saved his life. Receive the message. Share the message by listening and serving so that we might go out and be the message. As we close our time today, I just feel impressed. I feel, feel God pressing upon me to, to talk to those of you who haven't received the message. I want to tell you today's a good day. Today's a good day to say yes to God. Today's a good day. I'm going to ask you to do something. Would you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes all around the room? All around the room. If you say, Albert, that's me. I'm, um, I'm like you were that Sunday night in that church. I know my time has come. I know I haven't received it, and it's time for me to give God a yes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that if you on a day like today would just believe in him, you wouldn't have to perish. You wouldn't have to live outside of God's will and God's plan for your life. You wouldn't have to live outside of God's purpose. If you would believe him, you could have that that kingdom life, that everlasting life, that eternal life, that blessed life, that abundant life that's marked by the presence of God. I don't have a lot of time, so if that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something. It's going to require a little courage. But if you're in here and you say, Albert, I need to receive it. I don't need to let another Easter come without me knowing the power of his resurrection in my own personal life. I've been around it, but now I need it inside of me. If that's you, you're under the sound of my voice. If you're in this room or if you're watching online, if that's you, would you just stand up right where you are? I want to receive it. Would you just stand up right where you are? I want to receive it. I want to receive it. I want to receive it. Hallelujah. I want to receive it. I want this good news in my life. 
And I can't give to my kids what I don't have inside of me. I can't give in my community what I don't have inside of me. So, Lord Jesus, I want to receive this good news. I want to receive it. This John 3.16 good news, I want to receive it. If that's you, just stand. Just stand. We don't have a lot of time. But you saying yes is worth waiting for. So if that's you, just stand right where you are. Just stand. If you're watching, just put it in the comments. I'm talking to you online. If you want, I don't think it's an accident. I don't think it's a coincidence that God fixed your eyes on this moment right now. You weren't just strolling. I think God divinely set you up because he knew that this Palm Sunday was going to be one that was going to mark you for the rest of your life. If that's you, just stand right where you are. We've got 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds, and then we're going to pray. If you had 30 seconds, woo, to tell him yes, would you do it? 20 seconds. If you had 20 seconds to make an eternal commitment, would you tell him yes? Would you tell him yes? 10 more seconds and then we're going to pray. 10 more seconds and then we're going to pray. If God was calling you and you had 10 seconds to answer his call, would you do it? Would you say, Lord, I want to receive you. I want to receive you. Hallelujah. Four more seconds. Four more seconds and we're going to pray. You can make an eternal decision in just four seconds. An eternal decision in just four seconds. Hallelujah. From the top of the balcony, I see you all the way in the back. And I know you're online. I know you're there. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone standing. Father, this is us saying we want a new kind of Easter this year. We don't want to just celebrate the resurrection that happened historically. We want to celebrate the resurrection that's happening right now. You said if we believe in you, if we would trust in you, if we would take our life and put it in your hands, Father, you said if we would confess our sins that you are faithful and just to forgive us. So here we are, God. We are standing, we are confessing, and we are believing. We believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins. We believe that he was dead for three days but oh God we believe that early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands and it is that power that we stand in. It is that power that we now walk in and God it is that power that we now live in. We believe, we confess and Father upon your word you said if we do that then we are saved. No longer a part of this world. We are saved. We have received the good news. We are saved and Easter will never be the same again because he has risen. He has risen indeed in my life. He's risen indeed in my mind. He's risen indeed in my heart. He's risen indeed in my family. He's risen indeed. And now let's thank God for what he's doing in the lives of our brothers and sisters. Let's thank God for salvation. Let's thank God for what he's doing in our hearts and in our minds. Hallelujah. We believe.